athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. You're locked in to the Dopey Show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. As always, got a good show lined up for you. As a matter of fact, a lot of NFL talk today here on the program. A number of different topics we must get to. Of course, one of the topics is Drew Brees. Will and should Drew Brees retire from the Saints and the National Football League? I think in a bit of a surprise, at least a surprise to me, Phillip Rivers has decided to call it a career after just one season with the Indianapolis Colts and then 16 seasons previous to that with the San Diego Chargers. You know, I was I was taken aback by it just a little bit because I thought Phillip had a really solid season. Matter of fact, better than a solid season to the point that I thought he comes back, the running game was beginning to come around, get him another wide receiver or two for T.Y. Hilton. And that defense is really, really good. I mean, I thought that the Colts were poised have an opportunity moving forward, that is, to make it to the Super Bowl. I say that because, again, they were driving, meaning the Colts were driving against Buffalo in the opening round of the playoffs, ultimately lost that football game by three points, the Bills are now in the AFC championship game. So to me, that's a Colts team that is that could be that is on the cusp of making a nice run into the playoffs, winning probably the the Southern Division. I mean, maybe, well, that's arguable because I mean, you don't know. You know, Houston is is in disarray right now, but you look at the Titans. And the Titans are very good. So at least making a wild card appearance and then possibly, again, a Super Bowl run. You know, so my thing is, if you're Phillip Rivers and he made the decision and he's got a high school coaching job waiting for him. And listen, Phillip Rivers is a great guy. Had a chance to work with him for a year while he was a sophomore at NC State. Had a chance to work. He's a good, he's a good guy, right? Family man, you know. Uh, he, he talks a lot of trash on the football field. He's he's good. He's just a good guy, but a, a solid football player. Like I'm not going to say his career got a rejuvenation because I don't think that it was. You know, he, he had. You know, I mean, it was a bad season. His last season in San Diego was bad. But listen, you, you're you're going to have some bad seasons. I thought his overall career obviously was very very good. And then to bounce back and have the kind of season that the Colts had with that defense, man, 
I mean, because my thing is, if you're a guy like that, been in the league 17 years, you got to ask yourself, do you have, if you come back, and because you have to go through all of the various changes, I mean, you have to go through, you know, training camp, and it's not like the, you know, film study and all of those kind of things, and it's not like the quarterbacks have to go through a tremendous amount of work during training camp. And what I mean by that, when I say a tremendous amount of work, uh, I'm talking about, you know, those, you know, all of all of the rigors of training camp. And obviously training camp probably is going to be different again this year as it was last year. But you ask yourself, do the Colts with Phillip Rivers have a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the 2021 season? I think the answer to that question is yes. Phillip Rivers decided to hang it up. As far as Drew Brees is concerned, you have to ask the same question. Would the Saints have an opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl with Drew Brees as the quarterback? I think the answer to that question for 2021 would be no. So to me, it was a flip-flop situation in terms of the quarterback that retired and the quarterback that hadn't made a decision. And so the question becomes, more specifically, a couple of questions. Should, in fact, Drew Brees come back for another season as the quarterback of the Saints? And also, is Phillip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Is Phillip Rivers a Hall of Famer? I definitely have some thoughts on that. want to get your thoughts on both of those questions on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, and we'll ask that question throughout the course of the show. So those are a couple of the topics. As I mentioned, ultimately, we're going to talk some National Football League playoffs. I've got some thoughts on ultimately what happened with respect to in the divisional round of the National Football League playoffs. Went three and one in the divisional round, so right now, having gone two and two, Last week, ultimately, right now, uh, five and three, five and three in turn. No, well, I'm sorry, th- went three and three, so six and four, six and four through the playoffs so far, and got some thoughts on the AFC Championship game. Also, NBA may talk some NBA here today on the program. We're getting more of the COVID cases that are happening with respect to the NBA. So the another question that I'm going to throw out there that you can also answer, does the NBA need to take a little bit of a pause and allow for some of the COVID cases to come down? This is how I would answer that question. And, and I want to hear your thoughts at box to row on Twitter, B O X T O R O W or on Facebook, B O X, the number two R O W. I don't know if the COVID cases are happening because of the play of basketball. In other words, I don't think the guys are playing and then you're transferring COVID because guys are playing. I mean, that very well could be the case. I don't think it's it's as much as that as it is when guys leave, they're around, you know, they're around their families, they're around people, they're not in a bubble-like situation, so there's a lot more to do and an opportunity, unfortunately, to con- to contract the coronavirus. So if you take a pause, all you're doing is pausing the ultimate problem. I think what a solution may be is uh, to ultimately, I mean, you're going, you you know, 
I mean, pausing's not going to help it. You know, that's just not going to help it. I think you continue to play the season. I, I think you ultimately have to look at a bubble type of situation. That's what I think ultimately. I mean, we're not halfway through the season. I think, you know, maybe what you do, if you're going to pause, if you're going to take like a, a two-week, three-week hiatus, maybe even a three-week or more hiatus, you then begin to look at a bubble-type situation so that that bubble-type situation happens either middle of the season or towards the latter part of the end of the regular season so that you're playing in a bubble at least the remainder of the regular season halfway or with a quarter of the season remaining to be that's left to play. So then you're playing either that half of the rest of the season, the quarter of the rest of the season and the playoffs in a bubble type situation. The NBA had tremendous, tremendous success with the bubble situation. So why not do a pause in the season is not going to help the coronavirus situation. Like people, are, the players are still going to uh, contract the coronavirus. Um, we, we're seeing it hit a lot of teams. We saw it hit Houston early. We're seeing it hit the Wizards now and some other teams as well, where the Wizards haven't even played in, what, at least a week. So, I mean, I you know, it, the virus is, is here. We're not, you know, we'll see how the vaccine is rolled out. Now that we have a new administration in place, how is the vaccine going to be rolled out differently? I mean, only, what, what, what was the number? Only, um, you know, you had 30-some million uh, doses of the vaccine where only 12 million had been distributed, something like that. Like that doesn't make any sense, you know? So how do we better distribute the vaccine? So, uh, but ultimately I don't think a pause in the NBA season is ultimately going to help. So your thoughts, do we need to pause the season for a couple of weeks and see if that lessens the coronavirus or do we need to do something else? Again, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number to R-O-W. Thank you to all of the outstanding affiliates across the country that carry Box to Row, those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142, those that listen to us on ESPNU Radio, on Sirius XM, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. Again, should Drew Brees ultimately retire, didn't have a good game at all through three interceptions in the loss to Tampa Bay. Again, to me, he looked like some of the throws were throws that it's like, man, he can still play. But then some of the throws, it's like, wow. And, and that's going to happen with every quarterback. But the question is, it's a couple of questions. Can he throw the ball deep down the field? I think the answer to that question is no. The other question becomes, can the Saints win the Super Bowl or could the Saints win the Super Bowl with Drew Brees as the quarterback? I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think we're going to talk. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll give you some more thoughts about Drew Brees. Plus, my thoughts on is ultimately Phillip Rivers, a Hall of Famer. Up next, my prediction for the NFL playoffs.
This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. That's 800-443-4996. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Let's talk some National Football League here on From the Press Box. To Press Row, the championship game's going to be played on Sunday. Went 3-1 and one on last week. I missed the Bills and the Ravens. I really thought that the Ravens had the team that could go to the Super Bowl. They have a good defense, which was so shown, but it was just not enough Lamar Jackson doing the things that Lamar Jackson needed to do for that offense. Plus, I also think in that loss, and I'm going to give the Bills all the credit, but to the detriment of the Ravens was the two field goals that were missed. And like, those are field goals that generally are made. It was the weather, no question about that. But give the Bills a lot of credit. I want to break down those games and then ultimately break down these the NFC and the AFC championship games. We look at Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, and uh, looks like he's going to be ready to rock and roll for this game on Sunday. So again, that Ravens and Bills game, uh, oh, well, no, let's start with actually the uh, Rams and the Packers. And listen, it, you know, it still was a game towards the end. Like the Rams still had an opportunity to tie that game. And this is the thing, like I, I what, Sean McVay, really brilliant mind, brilliant coach. You look at Sean McVay, I look, because I'm thinking, okay, when the Rams were down, they went for two. They were down what was it, 25-16, you kick the extra point, 
you you guarantee the points pretty much by kicking the extra point. You're down. You're now down a touchdown and a two point conversion. They went for the two point conversion. Brilliant play call, right? They get the two point conversion. Now they're down seven. Still had an opportunity. A uh, down seven couldn't make it happen. Uh, the Rams just didn't have enough firepower. I mean, the Packers w- with Aaron Rodgers, he's absolutely unbelievable and continues to play at an extremely high level at an advanced age. I mean, I know Tom Brady knows a little bit about that, but he's still at an advanced age and still continues to play at an extremely high level. The Packers um, just were the better football team. I think you look at Aaron Donald, he still had some injuries. um, But, I mean, as good as the Rams' defense is and was, you're not going to stop the Packers. So the Bills and the Ravens, again, I I thought the two field goals – were key in terms of the misses. But again, I think the weather played uh, a big part in that, and that sort of set the tone and really the offense. Even that running game, which is really, really good, like the Bills' defense was outstanding. Like, I think the Bills' defense is good. It was outstanding against the Ravens. You look at the Browns and the Chiefs. Again, Mahomes goes out, and... They had enough of a cushion of a lead. And then you look at the play calls down the stretch to sort of seal the game. I was thinking run the football when Henny threw that interception. I'm like, they should have been running the football. But they didn't run the football. They passed it. In other words, the, the Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, they stuck with the offense. Okay, it didn't matter that, the, that Patrick Mahomes wasn't in the game. They called the plays for the offense and not for who was at quarterback. And when you're a Super Bowl winner, and by the way, you're the Super Bowl champions, you can do that. The the Chiefs defense really stepped up. So give the Chiefs defense a lot of credit for being able to preserve that win. I, I don't know that the Chiefs blow the Browns out even with Patrick Mahomes. Like he played well, I get it, but you know, give the Browns a little bit of credit also. Then the Saints and the Buccaneers, you know, I picked the Saints to win. Again, we talked, I talked about it. It's hard to beat a three, a team uh, three times. And the Buccaneers proved that uh, Drew Brees, three interceptions in that game, four total, total turnovers for the Saints. And certainly that hurt. You know, I look at Drew Brees. He, you know, again, he, he, uh, yeah, he struggled. I mean, he he. I mean, but he but he made some throws also in the game. He definitely struggled, but he also made some throws that make you think, oh, he can come back now. Maybe he can't throw the ball down the field like he once did. No question about it. But I mean, that obviously that's a decision he has to make. Really, I think ultimately it's a decision that the Saints have to make as well. Give Tom Brady um, a lot of credit again. The uh, Buccaneers stopped the Washington football team from running the football. I mean, the Saints had some success at times, but overall didn't run the football well, so give the Buccaneers credit all the way around. And Tom Brady is just, I mean, he's, he's, just, he's just really, really, really good. So let's take a look at the conference championship game matchups, and we'll start with the early game, the NFC championship, 305 Eastern, Buccaneers at the Packers, I, you know, again, Tom Brady has played in cold weather. I Many, you know, hasn't played in, you know, consistently in Green Bay type of weather, but he's played in cold weather. So, I mean, I don't think the weather is that big of a factor, at least for him. 
you know, obviously Tampa Bay, I believe Tampa Bay, if they play, yeah, they play, so they play in an outdoor stadium. I mean, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the weather thing sort of out of the window a little bit. Um, I look at what Aaron Rodgers continues to do. Um, but the other thing is the defense is very, very solid for Green Bay. So if you have a solid, and I, and, I, and I get it, when the two teams met, it was all Tampa Bay. But again, Tampa Bay had one of those, they had a good season, but I mean, they had some losses. You know, they lost to the Saints. Not that those are bad losses, but they lost to the Saints twice one time getting, you know, I think it was, you know, first time got got blown out. Um, and so, and there was some strife there during the season. There were some question marks. There was, you know, this whole, what is the relationship between Arians and Brady? All of those kind of questions obviously uh, were answered. Um, but when I look at Green, so I, I, I throw the loss that Green Bay had to the Buccaneers sort of, I, I don't even look at that. I just look at what, you know, you have a guy like a Devontae Adams. You have the running game that's really good. Like Green Bay has it all. And as good as Green Bay was last year, remember Green Bay got to the NFC Championship game last year. This is a better team, I think, this year. And that defense, especially those guys up front, those guys in the middle, those tackles on defense are really, really good. It allows, you know, for... Uh, they make plays themselves. The linebackers make plays, and then all, they, they're able to put pressure. Even in the middle, they're able to put pressure on the quarterback, and that's something that Tampa struggled with against the Washington football team. The two sacks by the Washington football team came up the middle. So you got these guys in the middle for Green Bay that are really, really good. I mean, I look at the Buccaneers. I mean, their defense is good. I mean, I think, I think they can slow Green Bay's running game down but they're not going to be able to stop the running game. Like, they were able to stymie, I think, the Saints running game because you don't have, I mean, you have an all-time quarterback in Breeze, but he's not an elite-level quarterback right now, and Green Bay has an elite-level quarterback. So you got to pick your poison. Either the running game is going to cut you up or ultimately uh, Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, you, you talk about a guy that can do anything. He can go outside of the pocket. He can throw in the run. He's got a big arm, throw it down the field. He can scramble. He can run. He can do everything. So that puts pressure on Tampa Bay. And again, when they met the first time around, it was early in the season. You you see a seasoned, a seasoned Green Bay team now. So I think it's going to ultimately be a, a, a different game again. Tampa Bay's got all the, uh, got a lot of weapons obviously right on the offensive side of the football, um, Tom Brady. You know, the running game is a little bit of a question mark. You know, will Will Jones play the, uh, this week? Um, you know, Leonard Fournette is there, but I don't know if that's, if that's enough. And I look at this Green Bay offense, I just don't think Tampa Bay, they're going to have, you know, uh, uh, Pierre Paul's going to have to be able to get in those guys, you know, the linebacker, uh, linebacking crew, particularly the young linebackers, going to have to be able to get some pressure on Tom Brady. I'm just don't. I mean, on um, Aaron Rodgers, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to have enough to do that. I like it to be a close football game. I ultimately, and you know, Aaron Rodgers did mention that the number of fans. There's some debate as to actually how many fans may have been in the stands in Green Bay made a bit of a difference, and I think. That helps Green Bay, pumps them up a little bit more um, as well to be able to have that support where a lot of teams don't and have not had that support or the support to that magnitude. 
and I like the Packers in Green Bay in a close football game. The Bills and the Chiefs, well, again, Patrick Mahomes should be ready to rock and roll for this game. He's got all the weapons in the world. And even if even if Mahomes isn't the guy, right, like let's say he wasn't going to be the guy, like I don't think we're giving a lo- enough credence to the, the, the receivers, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, even to the running game as well for the Chiefs. Like we're not giving the Chiefs enough credit for the receivers that it has. And I think even if you had a Henny in there who's a veteran quarterback, who's been a starting quarterback in the league, like he's not going to go out and blow it. He's going to utilize the weapons that Kansas City has, and they have a really good offensive line um, as well. But you put Mahomes in the mix, I mean, you definitely take it up um, to another level. There's no question about that. Um, the Chiefs' defense is is a solid, solid defense. It's no doubt about that. When I look at Buffalo, like Buffalo's got a good defense. They've got, you know, Josh Allen's playing at an elite level. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say he's an elite. He's an elite quarterback, but he's playing at an elite level. He's only, what, four years in the league, and this is clear. This is definitely his best season. But when you, you have a receiver like Diggs, who has been absolutely unbelievable, I think that the Chiefs are going to have to you know, play some emphasis on on him. And I think it allows for other guys to make plays um, as well. I think Buffalo has enough uh, of, a, of a running game to go along with this. And for me, I'm going to go with the upset. Like, I think this is b- the Bills' year, right? I think um, the Bills have played very well. They've got some veteran guys like Josh Norman, some guys – that have been there before also. I mean, not that the Chiefs haven't. Obviously, they're the defending champs. It's hard enough to make back-to-back Super Bowls, yet alone win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, The Chiefs, this is their, what, third straight year in the AFC Championship game. Uh, They obviously won it this year, won it last year, won the Super Bowl the year before, lost. Um, by the slimmest of margins and offside calls, I believe. I'm going to go with the upset. Like, I like the Bills, and I like the Bills on the road to defeat the Chiefs. So we're to, for me, we're looking at the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B O X. The number two R-O-W is Philip Rivers, a Hall of Famer. I'll talk about it next. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble. You know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience, and I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that 
they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression, and that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen, and people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult, and I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Akila memory out their head, but realizing Akila is also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the sweet hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That's the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN college sports analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was uh, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. It's, there's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find an open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Ali had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I'd run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women might feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, 
uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. Philip Rivers announced his retirement from the National Football League after 17 seasons in the National Football League, 16 with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers and this past season with the Indianapolis Colts. And, I mean, it was a very, very good career. The question becomes, is Phillip Rivers a pro football Hall of Famer? I think we had this conversation maybe last year or prior to him actually becoming uh, an Indianapolis Charger, but I want to revisit that uh, conversation right now because it's he's in his finality. Is Obviously, this was his last year. I tell you what, I really, really believe that the Colts had an opportunity with Phillip Rivers as the quarterback to possibly go to a Super Bowl. That's one. That's what's missing on Phillip Rivers' resume. You often hear me talk about numbers. And when we're talking about professional athletes, do the numbers matter? To me, it's all about the wins and losses. It's about the eye test. Well, really, it's about the eye test the wins and losses, championships. But then I'll also use numbers for professional athletes to sort of supplement an argument. And I think Phillip Rivers is the perfect, the perfect example of how you can use numbers to supplement an argument one way or another. Okay, so let's go back. He was, of course, a a first-round draft pick Uh, in 2004 out of North Carolina State. Remember, a lot of controversy because ultimately you look at a guy uh, like uh, Manning, he did not want to go uh, to the San Diego Chargers. He wanted to go to New York, so that was a whole thing. And ultimately, San Diego was able to get Phillip Rivers. Now, remember, Drew Brees was still in San Diego when Phillip Rivers ultimately uh, was drafted and fill and remember Drew. See, a lot of people don't remember. We think about those Saints days with uh, when we talk about. And it's interesting that both of these guys. I mean, they're 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 intertwined a little bit at least early in Philip Carriver, uh, Philip Rivers' career, and even and and ultimately earlier in Drew Brees' career because Drew Brees still had some good seasons with San Diego. Ultimately, I mean. Really, I think if if my memory serves me correctly, I think San Diego ultimately wanted to part ways 
with Drew Brees maybe a year or two before it ultimately did. And once they were able to draft Rivers, ultimately develop him, saw how he was going to be uh, as a player in the National Football League, it made it easier to let Drew Brees go because those were some good San Diego teams in uh, Drew Brees, the latter part of his days with San Diego and early on in Rivers' career. They knew this, meaning the Chargers knew this. Why? Because in Phillip Rivers' first full year, he completed 62% of his passes for like close to 3,400 yards, 22 touchdowns to nine interceptions. They had a rating of 92. And again, this is where I start to use numbers to supplement an argument, okay? So, I mean, they knew that. So, and you look at what he was able to do throughout the course of his career. I mean, when you look at a guy that for five straight years threw for in excess of 4,000 yards. And we're talking about right around, you know, 2009 through like 2012, you know, 13, something like that. And this is, was at the time when guys weren't necessarily regularly throwing for 4,000. Like you can throw for 4,000 yards today. It's no problem. But guys weren't regularly throwing for 4,000 yards. So again, you look at the numbers. His numbers say, okay, it's pretty good. The eye test to me also says he was very good. Um, the, this is sort of the issue, the dynamic that you run into with a Phillip Rivers. I mean, the numbers are great. He's, you know, an eight-time pro bowler. I would, you know, also say that even though he was an eight-time pro bowler, he was never a an all-pro guy. Like, that is really what matters. The Pro Bowl is cool. It used to be a time when with the Pro Bowl, you guys would make the Pro Bowl, you know, and now we have an element of fan involvement with the Pro Bowl, which I think to some degree dilutes you making the Pro Bowl. Like it's it's good, don't get me wrong, but the but the all pro piece to me, making all pro, first team, second team, whatever it was, whatever it is, player of the year. That is really what makes the difference to me. So he was never an all-pro guy. Eight-time pro bowler. Again, five straight years where he passed for over 4,000 yards. Those things are great. But again, never appeared in the Super Bowl. Never, uh, only appeared in one AFC championship game. And that was in 2008 when he ultimately lost to Tom Brady and even in some of his playoff appearances he wasn't I mean he wasn't necessarily great in some of the playoff appearances either so that you know that that's sort of an issue as well I mean if I look at the numbers 16 touchdowns to to 10 interceptions a rating of 85.3 and a completing a completing percentage of less than 60 percent that makes a bit of a difference. So that shows even in crunch time, he wasn't leading his team to victories, at least to a championship. I mean, again, numbers don't mean everything if you're in a, they mean even less if you're winning. But when you're not winning and we're having a conversation like we're having now, the numbers start to mean something. I look at the eye test throughout the course of Philip Rivers' career. I think he had a very good career. He, he, I mean, you look at some of those Charger teams, 
you have a Ladanian Tomlinson that was on some of those teams, the receivers that he had, and Antonio Gates, who I think ultimately uh, will be a Hall of Famer as well. Um, and, and again, I mean, when you if you talk about Antonio Gates being a Hall of Famer, I mean, who was throwing the football to Antonio Gates? Well, that was Phillip Rivers. But Antonio Gates was just a special player, like a guy that played basketball in college, comes, makes the transition to the National Football League, and during his time was one of the best tight ends in the game. And I think one of the best tight ends ultimately to ever play the game. I think he's ultimately a Hall of Famer. But again, we go back to the question. Is Phillip Rivers, in fact, a pro football Hall of Famer? Again, I think he was a very good player. I looked at some of the guys um, in terms of who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are 26 quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are actually more than that. It's interesting because the Pro Football Hall of Fame, especially the guys in the early days, in the early days, the the league wasn't a wide-open league. It wasn't a passing league. It was more of a run league. And some of the you have like quite a few quarterbacks that are in the national that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that were quarterbacks slash running backs. I, I thought it was interesting that they mentioned they uh, who one of the players listed as a quarterback slash running back was Sammy Ball. Well, maybe, but Sammy Ball was definitely more of a quarterback than he was a running back. So just looking purely at the the twenty six quarterbacks that are listed as pure quarterbacks, you have. One, two, three, four, five, six of those guys who never won a championship. And I actually don't count or won a Super Bowl or an NFL championship or an AFL championship. Like, I don't really count Warren Moon because I think when you look at Warren Moon's body of work, remember, it's not the National Football League uh, Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I think you have to, and what makes Uh, allows for a Warren Moon to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame is his entire body of work, including what he did in the CFL. Remember, he was forced to play in the CFL because the stigma against black quarterbacks was so bad that a guy like a Warren Moon, who ultimately was a great quarterback also in the National Football League because he was black, was ultimately not allowed to play the position until, you know, not the latter part of his life, but you know, he, he played, what, maybe eight, seven, eight years in the CFL. He won five great cups. So he actually won a pro football championship. So I think I'd have to take Warren Moon out of, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl, I'd have to take him out of the conversation of quarterbacks that have never won a championship because he won five great cups. Those quarterbacks that did not win a championship, Dan Fouts, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Fran Tarkington, Y.A. Tittle. I look at Jim Kelly, to me, no doubt. When he played, no question about it. Didn't win a Super Bowl, but led the Bills to four Super Bowls. That is a feat in of itself. Dan Marino, I mean, Dan Marino, the eye test says, so like Dan Marino is probably the best quarterback out of this whole group. The eye test tells me that Dan Dan Marino is a Hall of Famer. Throwing for 4,000, you know, I talk about the, Phillip Rivers throwing for 4,000 yards. Dan Marino used to do it too. Remember having the football card of Dan Marino uh, having the first quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards. Never won a Super Bowl. Um, I, I believe Dan I think Dan Marino played in the Super Bowl. May have played in the Super Bowl against um, Joe Montana and the 49ers. You look at Fran Tarkington. I don't, I don't know about the eye test. Never saw Fran Tarkington play. But everything that I've seen, heard, researched, said that Fran Tarkington 
definitely is a pro football Hall of Famer, as is Y.A. Tittle, who played 50s, 60s, great quarterback, right? Those guys, definitely Hall of Famers. I would say, so again, I'll ask the question, is ultimately Phillip Rivers a pro football Hall of Famer? I think the eye test says no, he's not, but the numbers say that he is. Look at the numbers. Fifth on the all-time passing list in terms of yards, 63,440 yards. Again, I mentioned the eight Pro Bowls. 421 passing touchdowns. That's fifth all-time, okay? Player, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, played on a torn ACL in the loss to the Patriots in that AFC championship game. Like, those are things that I sort of look out. And by the way, again, Five straight years in excess of 4,000 yards. Now guys regularly throw for 4,000 yards. You got to add all of those things up. And when you have those kind of numbers, you like Frank Gore a little bit. You look at Frank Gore now, I mean, he's got, what, 15,000. You're like, the eye test to me doesn't say that Frank Gore is a pro football Hall of Famer. But the numbers say 15,000 in excess of rushing yards, pro football Hall of Famer, 63,000. 440 yards passing, 421 yards uh, touchdowns passing. Those are pro football Hall of Fame numbers. So for me, again, going back to the question, for me, is Phillip Rivers ultimately a pro football Hall of Famer? I think the answer to that question for me is yes, because more so than anything else, because of the numbers, the longevity. I mean, you can't keep a guy that has those kind of numbers out of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's where I'll use numbers to support an argument for professional football players. Your thoughts on Twitter and on Facebook. We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679. 800-605-1679-800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. Pay for by Go Health. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Winning a championship. Or in this instance, the Super Bowl isn't the end-all, be-all, but I think for a guy like a Phillip Rivers, you put the resume that I listed to you in the last segment 
and you put a Super Bowl with that, that's a Hall of Famer. Whether it's first ballot or not, he's not. It wouldn't be first ballot. And while I do think that because of the numbers, Philip Rivers is ultimately a Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's not a first ballot guy uh, either way. Conversely, I, I talked a little bit about Dan Fouts, and it's interesting that Dan Fouts was the greatest quarterback uh, in terms of San Diego Chargers or the Chargers history. I mean, you could, you know, I don't want to get into talking about who was better. I mean, I think, I think, I think um, certainly uh, Dan Fouts was the better quarterback, but again, it's still kind of fresh with Phillip Rivers. And I'm going to transition into something else because I think we're seeing a situation where to me, the wrong quarterback retired this week. I think Phillip Rivers, give it one more season. I wish he hadn't retired. Give it one more season. I think that caught a lot of people off uh, off guard. I mean, I, 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 think, I think the Colts thought he may come back. I think Frank Wright thought he may come back. And because they had something there. Like, you know, they've got to go out and get a – like they're, they're – you know, they need – I think they needed Phillip Rivers and they were starting to build – and I think ultimately they had a team that could contend for the championship. So to me, I look at Phillip Rivers more, you know, maybe like a, you know, more like a Dan Fouts comparison, a guy that threw, I mean, you know, Dan Fouts, the eye test told you, you know, and all those receivers he had with Jefferson and Winslow, Charlie Joyner, of course, Grambling, and a, who's a pro football Hall of Famer. I mean, they had some, you know, some great running running attacks. I mean, you talk about premier offenses of all time in the history of pro football. You're talking about the San Diego Chargers had, I mean, just phenomenal. Um, But again, a guy, uh, again, look at Dan Fouts, no Super Bowl, only two AFC championship games. I mean, I didn't really want to, I mean, I think when you look at like a Ken Stabler and by the way, as I went back and looked at Ken Stabler, and it took him a long time to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, he was posthumously inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's like, oh, man, I mean, look at what Kenny Stabler was able to do, two Super Bowls. You look at the numbers, you look at the history. I mean, he, that guy should have been in the Hall of Fame long before he ultimately uh, got in. Um, but, you know, I look at his contemporary, Eli Manning. Another prime example of a guy that, I mean, you look at Manning's numbers, and again, just looking at the numbers, you look at Manning's numbers, you look at Rivers' numbers. Rivers' numbers, much more impressive. I mean, you know, much more, particularly when you're talking about the touchdown passes, the yards, eh, maybe about 7,000 yards or or so more, but you look at the touchdown passes, it's a, a significant difference in, it's about uh, about 60, uh, not quite 60 touchdown passes, quarterback uh, you know, rating and all of those things. The difference with Eli Manning, two, I mean, you look at the Pro Bowls. Eight Pro Bowls, and again, I, like I said, I mean, Pro Bowls mean a little bit less now than maybe they once did. Eli Manning was not an all-pro guy either. The difference is, and I think Eli Manning, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I said this when he retired. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer because the because the eye test, eh, you know, he was a he was a very good quarterback. Like he wasn't a great quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Solid numbers. But guess what he's got? 
two Super Bowl champions chips. Not only that, it was the manner in which Eli Manning and the Giants won the Super Bowl. And it wasn't like Eli Manning was a hanger-on in those Super Bowls. Like, he made two phenomenal passes in each of the Super Bowls, okay? The, the guys made great catches. Don't get me wrong, but they had to put it there for them to make the catches, and he won two Super Bowls. That's And, and by the way, Super Bowl MVP uh, two times over, both Super Bowls. I believe he won the Super Bowl MVP both times. So, I mean, you know, you put those against the numbers, the longevity, that's a that's a guy that should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot guy. I don't think he's a first ballot guy, meaning Eli Manning. But I think ultimately he's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Now, let's switch gears. Again, I mentioned the guy that said he was going to retire probably should have been the guy that played another year and the guy that hasn't said he's going to retire or play next year probably well let me let me say this so I'm going to transition now to Drew Brees and the question becomes should Drew Brees come back either should he come back for another season or does he ultimately have something left in the tank. So those are the two questions. Okay. I want to hear from Saints fans. Hit me up via Twitter at box to row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Should Drew Brees come back for another season? Does he have enough left in the tank for another season? It's two separate questions. I'm going to answer both. So I watched Drew Brees throughout the course, not just of this season, but of the last couple of years. And it's no question about it. Time is going to take away everybody's skill set. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think as long as you don't make the mistakes, you make the passes that you're able to make. I mean, everybody's saying Tom Brady can't throw the ball down the field. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Have you seen him play? Um, but again, as long as you don't make a lot of, a lot of mistakes, Hey, Father Tom's going to take those great, you know, the great, the greatness away from you. That's just going to happen. But I looked at Drew Brees the last couple of years. He's put up the numbers. You know, he hasn't had the greatest of receivers. He's got Michael Thomas, right? He's had Michael Thomas last couple of years. Michael Thomas has been hurt. He had Sanders and Michael Thomas this year, but they, they didn't play uh, at the same time that much at all this year. So I think that weighs into it. You got an Alvin Kamara who's very, very good in the running game and in the pass game. Uh, you have a, a, a very good offensive line anchored by Teron Armstead, the left tackle, another Pro Bowl selection, the former Arkansas Pine Bluff great. But the last couple of years, it just hasn't been there for Drew Brees. And I think it ultimately culminated in the loss to Tampa Bay. All of these things we've been seeing in terms of the decline of Drew Brees, not because he's not still a good quarterback or isn't smart or all of those things that made him a great quarterback, but because he's getting older. And so the question you have to ask yourself, if you're the Saints, can we win a Super Bowl? 
with Drew Brees as the quarterback. This is as much a Saints decision as it is a Drew Brees decision. If I'm the Saints, if I have an, 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 uh, a if I'm a decision maker with the Saints, I say, Drew, it's been a great run, man. We won the Super Bowl. We brought the city of New Orleans back as the Saints after Hurricane Katrina. We had some great runs. We sh maybe should have gone to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The no call against the Rams. I mean, but again, we must continue. We have to also say that the Saints still had an opportunity to win that game even after that bad call or lack thereof in terms of the call. But if I'm the Saints, I'm saying we've had a great run. It's just not there anymore, my man. And we got to move on. We've got a guy like a, a Jameis Winston waiting in the wings. Is Jason is Winston the guy that will take you to the Super Bowl? I, I mean, may, who knows, right? I mean, let's, he's younger. He's got a big arm. Um, I think that with Winston, his better days are ahead of him. And remember, he started out good in the league. Uh, you know, his last year maybe not so great. But, but, but again, 33 touchdowns. Yeah, he threw 30 interceptions. He threw 33 touchdowns and threw for over 5,000 yards. Um, or maybe there's another quarterback out there. Who knows? But it's the, it's Drew Brees is not the guy. Conversely, for all the things I talked about, Phillip Rivers and why he's not, I mean, while, while ultimately he will be a pro football Hall of Famer because of the numbers, Drew Brees doesn't have to worry about that. It's not about the numbers, even though he has all the requisite numbers, all-time leading passer, you know, touchdowns, all of those things, completion percentage. I mean, he's in, he's in the tops in all of those things. He won a Super Bowl. That's what you need to know. And, again, you, you have to sometimes, you know, I look at Eli Manning, for instance, the drama of what happened with the Giants winning the Super Bowl. And remember, one of the one of those years was in 08. Uh, the, uh, uh, you look at the Patriots, they were undefeated, right? So it's all of those things to throw. The drama of it is part of the legacy. For Drew Brees, a couple of years after Hurricane Kadrina, ultimately the Saints win a Super Bowl. The drama, that's part of his legacy. OK, so he's got all of the things you need to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No question about it. And oh, by the way, the numbers say so as well. However, his time is up. And I think ultimately the Saints, I, mean, I, I go to him and I say, look, it's just, we, you know, I mean, we, we, we have to move on and move forward. And still, even with that, I think the same because even if you, you know, even if Sanders and Thomas are healthy. Right. And then maybe you get another receiver. I just don't think that Drew Brees can lead that Saints team to the Super Bowl. Your thoughts on Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Want to remind you the HBCU football daily podcast resumes on Monday. So check it out on our website, BoxToRow.com, also on Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartMedia. And always remember to support those 
that support you. From the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. Through every fire in the land, walk with me. A time of love is close at hand. 